Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about creating online course, how you can do it like your business strategy. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Alex Kinadinik. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to speak again with you. I remember all these valuable insights, so valuable. And I often see your course on Udemy. You have the top position, second position. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it looks great, you know, so valuable. And, you know, uh, I decided to create my course uh, in the goal. I found that if I cooperate with customers who don't understand SEO, it's hard to get results. But if they know how it works, if they know the basic, then we can get much higher results uh, to get these ranking positions. Because if someone comes and tells, okay, you know, I, I need SEO traffic. What kind of traffic? How to, to create the strategy? Why we need to have high quality content? So that's why I decided to create our course with many great experts. And I often see your course on Udemy. I think it's your business model. Alex, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, remind about our previous listeners, for new listeners, about your business. And yeah, a, a, any tips uh, for others who, who think how to create the course, but the they don't know what where to start. Uh, sure. So I, I guess relevant, my background relevant for courses is I've been teaching uh, online. <clears throat> I started on YouTube and it very that was 2012 or 13. And then quickly switched to Udemy. I think that was around 2014, something like that. So I've been teaching for a very long time now, kind of a dinosaur. Yeah, over time, I've created over 150 courses and I think now I have 700,000 students. It's okay. You know, it's, there's always people who are better that I also look up to. Yeah. But at the same time, I do have that, you know, those years of experience on Udemy. Also, I have, I think last time we talked about it as well, the um, course licensing and course creation business, which is kind of like the B2B business, because a lot of course creators, they don't just create courses and put on Udemy. They have something they do, like they sell courses on their own website. And they also sell course creation services for, you know, private companies or course licensing of my existing content to private companies. Um, so that's all the things I do. With I want to clarify something. You mentioned that you created plus 150 courses? Yeah, I think it's something like 160, but it's not a, that number, it, it can be deceiving too, because it, you know, it's like, you know, how many good courses did you create? And that number is much smaller. Oh man, it's a lot, it's a lot, you know. I, uh, I remember how I created one course. Uh, it took time, you know, so a lot of time. It's not my business model. Of course, uh, yeah, I have other types of monetization and I know it's hard. It's hard to create even one course. Alex, can you tell how you find ideas to create a lot of courses, uh, plus 100 courses? And uh, what is your goal to create all these courses? Well, there are different ways to tell demand in your industry and there's always new demand. Um, sometimes you talk to clients, they say, you know, like one time I didn't think a Google citations course was going to be interesting at all, but a client of mine asked, Hey, can you make a, do you have anything about Google citations? And I'm like, who needs citations? You know, it's not, a, it's not a super popular topic, but then I'm like, okay, people need citations and it's an easy topic to create a course on, you know, it's not something, it's not rocket science and that kind of a course you can create quickly. So I'm like, okay, here's easy course on so a lot of them are also you know more or less difficult like if i was creating a course on some rocket science topics it wouldn't be 150 you know it would be very few and um so sometimes the topics are not so challenging 
Yeah, and rocket science, you need to compete with Elon Musk, it's hard. Uh, but... he make courses. <laughs> he, he, luckily, he doesn't make courses, so we, we could beat him in e-learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably he can change the mind because I often see when uh, he criticized AI. And after that, uh, he bought equipment, uh, expensive equipment to develop this technology on Twitter. So <laughs> Elon Musk, we don't know what kind of mind he has. Uh, probably he can change a lot, you know? So yeah, that's okay. He's a big risk okay. taker. I think he, he likes, I think we are safe. I think because he likes <laughs> gigantic uh, projects. He We, He's not going to compete with our courses. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, Alex, uh, let's talk about uh, finding ideas. Can you tell how you get these ideas and how to create ideas that uh, your competitors who create courses as well? Uh, I mean, like, uh, don't create another course for the sake of having it. I mean, like, to share something new, valuable, another way, uh, different vision. So any tips about finding these ideas? Actually, sometimes every time I thought to myself, wow, like I, I, this new course has a different, unique, cool perspective that I, I I really feel like it's profound, like it's really interesting. The students were like, eh, like, and, and I don't know if it's them or me, but, you know, sometimes when it probably it's me, you know, like something interesting for me, maybe it's not so interesting for other people. So a lot of times it's where there's existing demand. And wherever there's existing demand, necessarily, you're going to have competition. So competition is okay. It's it's not a problem. It just makes you better. So, you know, there's like a 300 courses on U on SEO on Udemy or even more. And every day there's there's more. Like there's always more. Uh, and it's only going to... Nobody's taking courses off. They're just adding. So there's always more. And you just have to figure out, you know, how do you be the best? And the people who are, on, you know, there's people in every niche, I compete with some people, but every one of them, I watch their courses. And I think, I mean, it's hard to notice things that they do well because I don't want them to do well. But mm -hmm. I, I try to watch their courses objectively and think, oh, okay, like I like this thing they're doing. I'm going to add it to my courses. And, and then I watch 10 instructors and I pick one thing they like, I like, or two from them. And then suddenly my style becomes better. And suddenly I win, you know, I start having better visuals, better s presentation, more humor, you know, just uh, little things I can add that together will just, you know, competition is great if everybody's behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. I, yeah. But if you have someone uh, in the top, so you have uh, inspiration to overcome them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very motivating to overcome them also. Um, they make me better. Yeah. Um, I don't like them, but they make me better. You know, you, you mentioned that you use uh, some jokes, you know, and I think it's important, you know, to... Uh, once I spoke with Jim Edwards. Uh, he worked in Business Insider for 10 years. He started on this company from scratch. Then uh, company was sold for uh, $500 million. Good success, you know, well-known company. And he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. If we take business, it's boring. 
it's really boring you know uh, because i often read uh, business books most of them are good for sleeping you know when you have problem with sleep just take a new book read it sleep well all night save money with medicine pills uh, yeah. uh, but you know uh, i think um, you know if we are talking about entertainment content it's a must have yeah jokes uh, humor uh, but in business content we need to consider this as well because bounce rate is high it, it doesn't matter youtube udemy uh, books uh, blog posts uh, we have this bounce rate on youtube like 80 uh, percent of people live in the first 80 uh, 20 seconds yeah it's a lot so can you tell how to create non-boring content uh, i mean like uh, jokes or any other things that can help to retain audience sure i think it's a great question to be honest, I, I, it's actually with the learning because if you're creating a course, people are not there for your jokes that much. It's nice to, yeah. instead of being a grumpy professor instructor, being a one who smiles and who speaks with a smiling voice, it's it's nicer to have that, that, that because you're building a little bit of a relationship as a student with the instructor. But honestly, if I just do a lot of jokes and they have to wait for the actual, they're there to, to learn something. If they have to wait, 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 and I go on one segue and then I go on another distraction and here's a joke about my dog. Nobody cares about my dog. You know, like, uh, please, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so um, one or two little pieces of humor is good, but, if, but just very tastefully, very little. And also, by the way, a lot of people, a lot more people than you think will think you're not funny. Because you, you think, I'm so funny. <laughs> not, really, <laughs> not really. No. Um, and so, you know, because of that, people will just be more bored. So I think you got to jump right into the content. So in my videos, in my courses, I spend uh, maybe a one or two or three minute video in the introduction to explain to students what the, you know, who I am and really most importantly, how the course is structured so their expectations are set. And in every course, as soon as video number two hits, they're already learning. And they're not just learning, they're learning some of the best stuff. Um, like the best stuff goes up front. Not like if it's something is advanced, obviously it cannot go up front. But something that's like interesting things for them to learn right away, to take home right away, to use right away. Um, so that they're like, okay, this is not going to waste my time. Because they're wondering, is this going to waste my time? Because if I spend 10 minutes, 15, 30 minutes, that's expensive. Especially if they have to restart with a different course if mine is not good. So that's really the most important thing um if you present well if your speech is well if you're editing you know like if you present on screen it's hard to edit but if you are presenting in powerpoint presentations you can make your speech absolutely perfect because you can cut a lot because you're not in the scene right because if you're in video the video will jump jump too much but um so it depends on you edit if you're a good speaker or presenter if you get rid of words like and um maybe it will just flow better and that's actually more and if you use tonality to draw attention to some things that are important right so those things keep people engaged and as long as they can hang on to every sentence and every sentence kind of builds a, a story and they can stay with that throughout the course i think that's really best and personality is great humor is best Humor is a little bit nice. Um, props can be good, visuals, but really uh, organized and effective learning that actually 
they actually do learn they can they can use so like also exercise and so that they can feel like oh i'm gaining something i'm gaining something gaining something is that a super long answer to your question yeah yeah but valuable valuable <laughs> uh, and you know alex i want to ask you the difference between learning from youtube and udemy you know you mentioned that you started on youtube and i think on youtube we can find a lot of great lessons uh, but without structure so uh, we need to have this logical chain uh, by learning something can you tell uh, advantages of learning on Udemy to take uh, course on Udemy uh, compared to YouTube or other different channels sure to be completely fair there's incredible content on um, YouTube I learned neuroscience from the best uh, professors in the world like Robert Sapolsky, you know, there's a famous guy now, Huberman. Um, I, and I learned these kinds of crazy topics. There's only on YouTube. So YouTube is amazing. Um, not everybody's on Udemy. So on Udemy, you get the advantages you get are you, you get access to the instructors. You can ask questions. Most instructors answer. Like I answer, I try to answer within 24 hours because, you know, people pay. So I have feel a responsibility for them to help them. I mean, obviously, if somebody asks me 300 questions, I can't keep up. But <laughs> reasonable people, you know, um, every like year I get one person who asks me a million questions. But generally, people are reasonable. Uh, so you get questions, you get structure, you get updates. So on YouTube, you know, you have to, if a video is from 2001 or, you know, from a few years ago, it's from a few years ago. But on Udemy, instructors largely keep their courses updated and if they're not updated they're going to kind of fall in the search because students are going to negatively comment and so other courses will come up so you get um a lot of updates a lot of structure quizzes and a lot of times because you can update on udemy like in my courses uh i see all the feedback and then i up th that that shell of the course is the same but inside the course the videos a lot of them I update based on what students say. So they say mm -hmm. like, your course doesn't have this. All right, tomorrow it's going to have that. Whereas on you, YouTube, if I make a video, I can never really change that video just by the nature of YouTube. So a lot of these, um, and I think you're not getting sold to. Like on YouTube, it's like uh, how to introduction to affiliate marketing. Okay, three-minute introduction. And after that, now buy this thing from me join my mailing list uh do this for me and by the way the things i recommended you i only recommend because i'm going to get paid <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i can yeah so a lot of youtube has a lot of that um yeah okay you know uh you mentioned about update i think it's a must have today you know in digital marketing uh you know i love uh, reading books because many uh great books uh, i don't know that we need to update them. Like, for example, um, I wrote a book from Josh Sugarman about marketing. He wrote this book like 40 years ago, but I can relate all this information to digital marketing. He mentioned how to hook uh, readers, how to keep uh, retain them because it's important today. Uh, uh, if you can't, then people bounce fast, uh, forget about your content website. So yeah, and uh, but if you are talking about uh, another type of content uh, that we create for courses we need to update can you tell how often do you update your content and how you find topics that uh, you need to update i mean like you change videos articles any tips about that 
most of my time is spent updating the courses, which mm -hmm. is so painful because it's 150 plus courses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, I can imagine. Hard. Yeah, and I listened, like, there's a professionalism that I only got uh, many years after I started. And the, the most boring thing you can do is to watch your own course because you already planned it, filmed it, edited it. You already watch it like five times before it's even live. But then after it's live, like a comeback of six months or a year, because you think it's great. You launch it, you think it's great. It's always worse than we think it is just because it's nature of, you know, we always think the best possible option of, yeah, it's always. And so then I go and listen to my course. I go and I watch the course. Sometimes I go for a walk and I listen just to just not look at the pictures, but visually my vocal presentation. And I, I look and I listen. I'm like, oh, I'm falling asleep at this moment. Minute three of like a specific video. I'm like, is that a coincidence or not? I listen again. I'm like, yeah. And and then I go in and I'm like, oh, I went on a tangent or I was unclear. And I'm like, okay. So if I'm doing that with my own stuff, then students must be really hating this. And then I yeah. know what the problem is and I go and fix it. And then students just move on to the next thing to hate about my course. And then, you know, so it's like, but they, at least that part is fixed. And so I, I watch a lot of my old courses. Uh, and then I go and then I'm like, oh my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm punishing people so badly for by making them <laughs> watch this is not, not, not that yeah. good. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> Got that. Like, a, yeah. you know, like <laughs> online memes where you're like, <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, you know, uh, you remind me, Lily Ray, you know, I asked you to write a checklist for my course uh, about EAT. Uh, she did it when I launched my course after some time, like month or two months, uh, Google changed uh, EAT to EEAT. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I, I, I ask you, please uh, update this content. Uh, and yeah, I'm still waiting because she's so busy <laughs> with many things to do. So yeah, I decided to do myself uh, uh, to spend time with that. And um, okay, uh, I'm interested about... Uh, um creating course like uh for help to sell your products uh, it's not like business model because for example ihrefs uh, uh has a course that can help to sell ihrefs samrush has such courses to uh, give the help to sell uh, samrush services uh, so can you tell how to do it i mean like if companies wanna jump on this field for the sake of selling their products for example uh, myself I, I created this course well, uh, to yeah. sell my services, yeah. Well, to be fair, you know how I said that my courses are not that good? The courses, I like those companies you mentioned. Mm -hmm. I use them. Their courses are so bad, mm -hmm. like like many levels. And uh, I know because I'm like, okay, you know, competitors, I have to watch. So I watch them and like, oh, impressive, impressively bad. <laughs> Like they're very thin and just like, eh. so, you know, if you're going to make stuff, it's like, don't make stuff that like only partially helps. I think that, that would be my, that, that was my reaction to their courses. I think if you're planning to make a course, you know, if you make a course on like how to introduction to SEO, nobody need that one, right? Because it's 300 million of those. Um, but you should make one like chat GPT and SEO. That's mm -hmm. a cool one. People will buy that. They will jump on that. 
I can partner with you on that. We can make actually good money on that on, on Udemy. Um, true story. I, I know for as close to a fact as you can get to a fact. Um, so, you know, just, just like that, I, you know, make something good on something new and interesting right now. It just so happens that this is new, uh, in a month, there will be like 300 courses about chat GPT and SEO. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so we'll have to look for something else like, uh, artificial augmented reality and SEO, which is, doesn't seem like it's going to be a thing, but you know, something. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think um something current is 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 always more compelling than like yeah i don't know if that answers your question but i think i i, I was preferring to take my answer in a different place yeah. because I, I think um that that right um it's political stuff. I got it. <laughs> you know, you know, when you ask politicians about something, they can reply in a different way. So no, we need no, to this, do this one. This one wasn't political. It was actually like I was trying to lead you to a better place because um if you make a course for your to promote your business, um I gave you the best course idea that you can have today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, think I think you know uh HRFs can create a lot of content on blog posts, uh, on YouTube. They're great with that. But uh, when they need to repurpose this content to course, uh, probably they have no time. So that's why we have these courses. Uh, and uh, I didn't check out uh, SEMrush, uh, IHRS courses. I know they have these courses, but I usually don't use this format because uh, I prefer to practice, you know, uh, I, I read a lot, so it's my way. But I think, you know, if you like courses, because I ask my audience a few times the best way how to learn, and plus 50% replied courses. So they prefer courses than uh, any other type of video, blogs, uh, books. So, yeah. Okay, Alex, uh, let's talk about uh, how to teach the right way. You know, it's interesting that... Um, I don't remember exactly the study, but uh, uh, the data from the study was uh, that 40% of uh, students are only uh, consume 40% of all information. 60% are ignored. And I see when students overlearn or uh, just take the course and forget about this course. So uh, can you tell the right way how to transfer data directly? to uh, students' minds because, you know, I have this issue with my son. <laughs> I often tell him, you need to read books. No, I, uh, I'm i going to be a soccer star. I need to play soccer. I know Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know, by the way, where he took this data, but he told me that Cristiano Ronaldo didn't uh, learn on school. He was so bad student. Uh, okay, he didn't learn on school, but probably he learned in life, you know, to get all this information. So can you tell how to transfer? data to lazy students um i mean you can't right because a person has to be naturally motivated they have mm -hmm. to want to so what you can tell like if it's if it's an unmotivated person you have to yeah. explain to them no, nothing helps yeah <laughs> well you have to explain to them in their own like paint a picture of like okay um do you want to be homeless? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> because yeah. 
uh, there's a lot of studies that they, they show that um, picture like we think that like if I pick, show you a picture of a yacht or a vacation is going to motivate you and it has a little bit of motivation, but then it's, it's not going to mm -hmm. make you work. But if you like, but if you don't work, you're going to be <laughs> homeless. Picture yourself being homeless on drugs and whatever, you know, all this. Uh, so picturing the worst outcome is a far stronger motivator. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, do you know what happens to kids like you who don't study who want to be Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't have a car, they don't have a girlfriend, they don't have a this, they don't have a, and you want those things? Okay. Um this actually <laughs> there's a lot of science behind this. We can joke about it, but there, there it's it's real. Um, but I think the more politically correct answer is to uh whatever he does want. You can show him how to, you know, if you make him study the things that actually clearly are the stepping stones to the things he does want, it would be, and then make him decide to do it. Like it would be, once it makes sense to him, he'll find the motivation and the energy to do it. If you force him and he's doing it like forced, people just find it stressful and yeah. they, they resent it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You remind me two people. Uh, the first uh, Bernard Shaw, and he told, if you want to teach someone, you never teach uh, this person. Yeah, because uh, this person, if uh, wants to learn, yeah, you can teach. But uh, if you want to force, yeah, it doesn't work 100%. And the second person, Elon Musk, he told that um, someone asked him about uh, the modern system of education and uh how he can uh convert or change the system and he replied uh it's better to create like online game because you don't need to teach kids to play online games i don't know any uh, parent who taught their kids how to play online games i don't know how they can download all these games to play them they know everything and uh, if my son shows how to play uh, many features, many things to do, and he learned himself. But if you ask him to read the book, oh, it's boring, it's not interesting, you know, uh, I don't want to do it to waste my time, you know. So, yeah. yeah, but you know, kids, as soon as they see a game, but then they hear that this game is good for them, they don't like it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, Alex, I have the question about mistakes, you know. In my life, I made a lot of mistakes. You know, it's hard to count all of them. Some yeah. of them are big. Uh, for example, in 2008, I had a big financial company in Ukraine, in Odessa. Um, but the world crisis destroyed this company, smashed completely. I lost all my investments. I had debts like uh, 3,000 uh, average salaries in Ukraine a lot. But uh, And I worked uh, like five years, uh, worked hard to get back all this uh my uh debts and uh, but i learned i need to you know i don't need to go all in now <laughs> to have some reserve fund because we, it's hard to predict all things that might happen in our lives can you tell about mistakes that companies still do by creating their courses and your tips how to find a much better way uh i mean in a way if you're not making mistakes you're not trying right everybody will make mistakes yeah. um they're kind of in some sense a good sign and most of them are very recoverable so it's not a it has a very negative connotation but it's a pretty good thing uh 
I think for companies, um, they usually see, okay, we're going to make a course. They don't have any plan to update it or improve it. And it's not mm -hmm. even about updating it as things change, but like they think that they're going to present something and it's going to be good. And they might be experts, but they're not good teachers. And they have mm -hmm. no experience creating course content and students have a certain expectation of how a course is, is supposed to flow. And when you launch a course and you don't plan to update the course after that, and the course has all these problems that are created just because it's your first time creating courses and naturally it's going to have problems. And of course, these companies think, oh, our course is going to be great because it has the information. But information, just sharing information is, is not teaching. Yeah. Um, and they, people, people and companies take the word course and the word learning kind of like as a throwaway, like, oh, it's a course. Yeah, but, you know, I just have to show. No, it's like people kind of expect a real course um, that they will take whatever is best available, but they would prefer a well-structured course. That's the real expectation. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that's really the mistake is that launching something, thinking, I'm amazing. How could anybody not like this? And then, <laughs> which everybody thinks that, that right? Uh, my content's so good. You, you described my feeling, you know, if I write a new article, I can feel, wow, it's the best article ever. Good. But after <laughs> submitting, uh, when you go, got low engagement, you know, uh, yeah. uh, without SEO traffic, yeah. So, yeah, it's better to be consistent, you know, to write a lot, you know, because some content works some most content don't work that's okay you know it's normal so you can learn from that from your failures and alex i wanna ask you about another content that you create uh i open your linkedin profile because i love opening linkedin profiles and i see in your bio free time amazon best-selling offer Let's talk about that. You know, I love reading oh. books. Uh, this format you know, is... I thought you were going to say, today I put on LinkedIn, I launched a song. I thought you were going to mention that. Yeah? <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll today. check out. I don't know. That was today. I really, I launched a song. Maybe we can link to it somewhere. Because now it has like eight views or something. Because it's like, I, I launched it and then I had to get on, get on our show. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to promote uh, this thing. <laughs> yeah, nice. Okay, I'll check out. Okay, uh, let's talk about writing books. Uh, can you tell how to craft the story that people are interested to read? Because uh, I found data that uh, readers only read 5% of all books. I mean, like uh, 95% are ignored on the average data. So your tips how to write a book that people want to read. Uh, so it's not stories, my books. They're kind of they're business-related books. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're very much like the courses. They're kind of like um learn this thing like my popular book is the business planning book and again it's because there was demand i wouldn't have thought like 10 years ago if you asked me business planning book i'm like mm, why would you want a business planning book you know just plan a little go and try it right that that would be kind of the entrepreneur way uh but then i had a lot of demand for business planning and i wrote this book and then i actually rewrote that book like 20 times it's true mm -hmm. like like major edits you know like with different editors. Um, and now there's a couple of universities using that book. Um, it's still, I think it's not the greatest book in the world that, you know, because it's so hard to update books. It's so time consuming that I just update the courses. I haven't updated that book for a little while, but um, yeah, it's basically just 
you know, again, same thing. You publish it, you think I'm amazing. Reviews disagree uh, partially, at least, you know, not fully. People kind of like that book the whole thing, but there was always something missing. Then I'm like, okay, I read the reviews. Next year, I update. Read some more reviews. Next year, I update. So a lot of it is persistence. Um, I wish I could say I'm a genius, and for the first time that I wrote it, it really was great. But it just, uh, unfortunately, I'm not a genius. and just persi persistent. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important to be consistent, persistent, you know, uh, share value. Forget about selling because I see why companies fail. They think how to sell. No, think how to help others, support them, uh, share value as much as possible. If you do it, then customers will buy your products if it's high quality, of course. I, uh, I mean, there's there's yeah. a counter argument to that. The heartbreaking part about it is that there's insane cheating on Amazon. Like you, mm -hmm. you can, you can, I see there's all these stories about like product just launched. Here's a thousand reviews on it. Like it's not from a major brand, like it's impossible, you know? Um, and there's this the crazy cheating, um, and it is is actually really hard to compete fairly if you just want to help people and do something nice. It, it's it's actually so hard because you have to be five times better just to have the same result. So that mm -hmm. there's always that side of it. Mm -hmm. When we have our first episode, uh, AI was not like we have today, you know, and I can't ignore this topic. Uh, I used AI before ChatGPT. Uh, right now, I can use like a regular tool, but I see when content creators overuse AI uh, by using generic prompts, uh, or even if they craft these prompts, they don't edit a lot. So, can you tell how AI can help you today and your way of using AI in the smart way? Uh, so, I use it as like a really helpful co-creator. So imagine you're co-creating with a dream co-creator, like somebody who's super smart, like college professor level kind of. Um, and so I was creating a course the other day and I was like, what, what students complain the most in books and courses is, and the reason you think this is so great and people think it's not, is because you have perspectives that are missing. Mm -hmm. So like, um, I, it's hard to come up with an example now, but like you know like they just like in hiring for example um you can talk about how to hire a players and hire a lot of you know a lot about hiring but you might forget something that's really current now which is you know now a very popular topic in hiring is um getting rid of your subconscious bias in how you hire mm -hmm. it's a very it's like very topical now so you know as a human i just can't think of every topic within a topic that's interesting, but some students will have that need and they will complain. So a chat GPT will tell me, hey, here are like, I can literally ask it, hey, what are the 10 subfields within a field that I need to cover? And like six of them, I probably was already doing four of them. I'm like, oh my God, I, I had no great idea, chat GPT. And then I might realize, you know, I don't know that much about this subtopic. Chat GPT, can you explain to me about it quickly? <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> and summarize it. Okay. I summarize it in a hundred words, and then I'm like, "Oh, okay, I can literally go and make a lecture right there and then, without you know, like, it would be a little irresponsible to do it with such a shortcut. It's just an extreme example, but I theoretically could, 
go because you really shouldn't it's not only an ethical problem but it will just appear like you'll appear like you're a non-expert um even if i do that sometimes i kind of say like i don't i don't have that much experience in this or i haven't done this myself but you can try it so i kind of preempt that but but you can do it that way and it just makes your content fuller like like a human can think of all the perspectives or if a human can it will take them a long time you know um and i i like to use ChatGPT that way mm -hmm. nice nice um you know uh once i spoke with uh, jeff coyle he's co-founder on market news uh yeah well-known tool uh with ai and by the way he filmed a video for my course uh, as well and he told me uh, that uh in the future we'll have three types of companies companies that create ai develop ai uh, the second uh, uh that uh, implement ai and the third obsolete obsolete companies that can leave the trade <laughs> so can you tell uh, how to adapt uh to the possible future uh do you have some special goals uh, i mean like to use more ai to uh test different formats uh, even it's not about marketing because uh, i don't know marketers who don't use ai today i don't know content creators who ignore this tool but i see some niches like accounting now uh, i have two brothers they work in this niches like uh, plus 15 years and uh, not uh, they ignore ai they tried played a few, uh, a few times and forget about this tool because they told me that over 20 years nothing changed this industry didn't change a lot uh, but uh, today this market like plus uh, 144 billion dollars in the us just for services uh, without uh, paying salaries uh, i think like it's much bigger trade uh, and i see a big uh, software companies like Costpoint, uh, uh, QuickBooks, they implement AI that can, and people can lose their job. So can you tell ideas how anyone, I mean, not only marketers uh, can implement, adapt AI to win in the future, not to lose? <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know too much about accounting, but I actually have seen that there is demand for AI in accounting, um, even in e-learning like mm -hmm. um and i think this is the thing that every industry has like uh we're you know this is the fastest way to become a dinosaur right like we don't need to learn yeah <laughs> like, you don't need to learn what are you... i mean that that's that's not a good you know uh somebody else will for sure learn um mm -hmm. so i i think it, it's it's almost like you know, I don't have a perfect answer, but I have an answer. I don't know if it's a great one. Um, sometimes it's also not, even though I'm in the field of learning and I try to keep my skills up, uh, it's boring. It's honestly boring to learn so many things. And you sometimes have all these other pressures. You don't have time to learn. And, you know, so the way that I incentivize myself is, well, if I learn it, I can make money with it in you know by creating after i'm good at, at it i can make a course um which is very incentivizing and then i'm much more motivated so i think other people you know it, it is boring to learn technology just for the technology itself like no no it's not that fun but if you learn it 
for, hey, um, I'm going to maybe do something like innovative or something cool or at least teach others or get a promotion or something. Or like we talked about earlier, maybe you don't want to be out of a job in three years. You yeah. know, imagine the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be a little bit more motivating to. Um, and also, I think finding a style of learning that works for you, like some people are busy, they like to learn on the commute, they listen. Some people go for a walk and combine it with exercise, you know. So, um, but again, if if you want to, you'll find something forward looking that you can do in most industries. But if you don't want to, you'll find reasons why not. And that's it. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a personality type, like people who go into accounting, they just want to do the accounting and they're, they're fine. You know, they just, so they, they don't understand us and we don't understand them. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah. You need to find your loving format. It doesn't matter. Video, courses, books, blog posts, just find your loving format. Uh, I remember when Ferry Cazoni, uh, uh, he told me that uh, I asked about his loving format and he told YouTube. He can watch a lot of YouTube videos. And today his company, I don't know, yeah, like um, g- good revenue, well-known company uh, in PR. Uh, and he learned PR by watching YouTube videos every single day, ignoring other formats because he, love, he loves uh, this format. So, yeah, uh, I completely agree. I, I usually combine formats, but uh, if you have one, that's okay. That's normal. And Alex, my final question about your experience if you started today from scratch without any experience knowledge skills what will you do today to learn more about aco and one more uh, to have the balance with your family because i know you're a family man you have uh, wife kids so uh, any tips how to grow and uh, don't forget about family share time with them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's super hard, like, um, because w- whatever you do, you're neglecting the other responsibility and vice yeah. versa. Um, and you always need to be doing more of both. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, in terms of what you would do for work, you know, maybe SEO, I don't know, like, I, I, I have my hands on the pulse of like a lot of online businesses, just because sometimes I create courses and I do a little bit, but to do it from absolute scratch, facing all this crazy competition everywhere, I, I, it's really hard to know what to do, even for me. like Because I, I get this question a lot from students, and I'm like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> but, um, you know, of course, you want to draw on your past experience, um, stuff like this. Th- that's a brutal question. It's It's... I mean, I have some fallback things, but I don't know for a random situation, like they wouldn't be available. So I don't know. But I think mm-hmm. to the second part of the question, to balance it with family, I think you have to make a schedule in the calendar and stick very closely to it and get rid of all the other distractions. You know, everything not important, you know, out. Um, and as long as you can stick to a calendar, the calendar will save you because it will help you to, you can be, um, you want to be there, but you want to be present. You know, like if you're with kids, you don't want to be thinking about work and checking your phone. You know, you know that's not good for anybody. You're not spending quality time, and the kids are like, "Well, the phone is more important." Um, 
and vice versa you know if you're working you want to be intensely working so that because you know you're you're not your version of yourself where you're single where you have oh, 24 hours in a day i can work if i want there's that's a, that's a gone right so you have to squeeze the most out of yourself as possible and decision making what you're working on and intense focus when you are working on it um yeah so just yeah really present when you're there yeah have priorities i i agree you know you need to prioritize because we can do anything and we have the same time that elon musk has you know 24 hours a day you know he doesn't have 25 hours or 50 hours he has 24 so we need to he's find got like a million children oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so he has many children uh, how much how like seven or five i, I know like about 11 or 12 or 13 i don't know something oh. crazy yeah okay got it <laughs> a lot more I don't uh, know. five yeah five children from the first marriage then he uh, got new ch- kids as well so he yeah. likes algorithms Afro- like exponential <laughs> exponential growth <laughs> yeah yeah I think he wants to send all of them to Mars, you know, <laughs> and yeah, to create buildings there. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Alex, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You always, always share a lot of valuable insights. You're so kind to share this value. Guys, you need to follow Alex. Uh, uh, I see you are active on LinkedIn, so you post content on LinkedIn. Guys, you can follow Alex on LinkedIn. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out to you. Uh, sure. I think right now the best place is uh, on probably my website, problemio.com. It, it will link mm-hmm. to my course webs, my courses, which most of my courses are on Udemy. Um, so I can we can leave links to my Udemy profile. Um, and on LinkedIn, I only post when I promote something rarely, um, like my song or something that I also launch rarely. Um, so I'm not too active on LinkedIn. It's just there's, I try to actually do less social media. Um, but yeah, it's courses if you want to learn something. Um, and of course, I always appreciate people who listen to it, you know, who listen to my music because it's like it, there's levels of like they don't like it or they like it less or they pretend to like it. And if you pretend to like it or like it not terribly this or don't dislike it terribly, I will appreciate it because it's kind of the, the last passion project I have left is the music. Uh, yeah, I see. An hour ago, you posted this music. So, yeah, I, I need to listen to this music. Guys, you can yeah. uh, find this uh, link in LinkedIn account. I'll submit to uh, podcast notes. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening and watching us.